peace and blessings. Welcome to another episode of the Fruits of Life podcast. I am your host, Omega Fruits, and I thank you for joining me once again. I appreciate your time, your energy, and this moment in which we share, in which we connect, in which we grow. Today, we're going to talk about a very serious issue within our communities of color, within our families of color. We're going to speak about postpartum depression, postpartum care for the family. Although a baby is a blessing, although bringing forward life is such a joy in most cases, it also is a life change that flips our lives upside down. It changes everything. It changes everything for the man, the woman, and families. Oftentimes, it is a very good change. And then other times, these changes aren't so good. These changes are not so bright. These changes are often not spoken about. So today, we're going to talk about the changes that occur after a baby, okay? And how our families, how we are affected and how we can come out of these negative stigmas and address the issues that we are affected by. Quick disclaimer, I am not a physician or a professional that can diagnose or treat any mental illnesses. If you or someone you love is experiencing any kind of the signs that we discussed today or any kind of conditions that warrant professional assistance, professional advice, please contact your physician for a referral so that you may be treated properly. Only a licensed professional can identify and treat mental illness. The information in this podcast is for information and support purposes only. All right, this is basically to help you and to help us. So if you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button. It is absolutely free. It is a way that you can connect with me. And every time a new episode is shared and published on any of the platforms that you are listening to this podcast on, you will be notified. If you happen to enjoy what we're doing over here, messages, my voice, or what have you, Please do share with your family and friends. Share on your social media. Hashtag Fruits of Life. You can find me at Fruits of Life Yoga on Instagram and on Facebook. And I'm growing. You know, we are growing. So I'm going to be hitting off other areas uh, across the web uh, so that we can connect even more. All right. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I am asking that you please rate and review your review. Your thoughts are very important. Okay. By you sharing, by you rating and reviewing this podcast, you enable this message, these messages shared on Fruits of Life podcast to reach many more people. All right. So I just ask that you spread love. Okay. I see the numbers growing bit by bit. I know y'all listening and I know some of you look forward to what I'm bringing to you on a weekly basis. So I appreciate your commitment and your steadfast attention to this podcast. But please give a rating and a review so that this message can reach more people so that they can find me more easily, more readily. Quick note, if you have an Alexa at home or work, you can say, Alexa, 
Play Fruits of Life podcast and show enough, you're going to hear my voice. It's so exciting. I just found out the other day. I, I was like, you know what? Let me test this out real quick. And sure enough, it worked. <laughs> I was so excited, you know, because it's like, hey, I'm here. I remember when I first started this podcast, we tried. My husband tried to tell Alexa to play my podcast and you could not find me. <laughs> but there I am. I am here. So give thanks for the steadfast work that is being put in and give thanks for your listening ear all right so once again hit that subscribe button drop a rating and a review so that you can spread some love okay and know reciprocity is in effect and is universal law so that love will return to you all right so i thank you in advance all right as i've done in the past episodes my son's music is in the background pride by insanity he's producing beats uh hip-hop and r&b beats so if you're looking for anything to be to work with your lyrics hit him up you can find him on youtube you know let's make this happen right because the way that we can grow as a people is if we connect and we support each other and so there we go without further ado let's jump right into this conversation today now what inspired this conversation i basically had started recording this podcast weeks ago maybe even oh my goodness it was in october late october I remember it was October 30th and I basically shelved it. I put it up for a while, right? And since then, you know, we recorded other episodes, had a few guests on the show. We scratched the surface uh, back in episode 12, right? When we spoke about healing the womb from trauma and depression. We spoke about postpartum depression with Amina Abir for a moment. Um, but today we're going to dive in a little bit deeper, okay? We're going to share some numbers and we're going to share some signs. And, you know, we're just going to get a little personal around this issue on postpartum care. And not only that, but we're going to address how postpartum depression affects men. This is a fact. It is a fact that is not regularly studied. Postpartum depression is not usually identified, diagnosed, or treated among men. Particularly, we're talking about black men, men of color. And so I just want to spend a little moment in that space, right? Because having a child, although it's a beautiful thing, it, it, there are challenges that come along with being responsible for a whole other life, being emotionally responsible, being physically responsible, financially responsible, spiritually responsible, nutritionally responsible, psychologically responsible for a whole other life life okay and those that are blessed with multiples let's say twins and triplets quadruplets and all of that you got multiple lives now okay so your life hasn't been flipped upside down once but you know maybe twice three times four times etc okay i just want to spend a little moment within that space and address the fact that men experience postpartum depression as women do okay uh so when we talk about numbers we usually are not going to be including brothers within those numbers because those studies have not been done okay in the uk they did a study with men and women all right and they basically found that men and women were experiencing these similar symptoms related to postpartum depression but in most cases the men were not identified as experiencing postpartum depression instead their condition was more attributed or excuse me their symptoms was more attributed to stress or lack of sleep 
yes, mental health is stigmatized within our community. Postpartum depression is still stigmatized within our community for women and even more so for men. Our men who step up and live up as men, as as fathers, right, as providers and protectors of their families also have to step up their level of financial contribution. They need to contribute to a whole family now. They need to make sure that this additional mouth gets fed or these additional mouths get fed and clothed and sheltered. All right, so that's a stress. That is a huge responsibility and that huge responsibility comes with it. Emotional changes. He might not be able to roam free like a bachelor, okay? He might not be able to, you know, move among different women as he used to. His priorities change, just like a woman's priority changes. I know I've been guilty of thinking that a woman, the mother, is the one who has to deal with the major changes because her body is sacrificed through pregnancy and childbirth. Even even postnatal, her time is sacrificed because now she has to devote most of her time and energy to new life, right? Energy is sacrificed. I believe I've said this before within one of the episodes stating that uh, Louis Farrakhan has said that giving birth is like dying and coming back to life. And so when I first heard that, I was like, yo, that's deep. I feel that. So I have often felt like, okay, the woman is the one who deals with the major changes. But I'm, I'm correcting myself now and shouting out those brothers who do step up and who do make themselves available on all levels to provide for his family family okay to provide for and be present for his family uh, at a time that is it is most needed that is a time where uh, a new life has come in and has changed things so i see you and we're just recognizing that fact usually there's less empathy toward men we just want to kind of pick you up a little bit for what you do and women just just be sensitive to the fact that a child or children change a man's life as as it changes our lives so i just wanted to dedicate this episode a little bit to address that issue it's an issue that is not spoken about paternal postnatal depression is real. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it and let's deal with it. I think that's the first step toward resolving any issue. Awareness, conscious awareness. Michelle Obama once said, at the root of this dilemma is the way we view mental health in this country. Whether an illness affects your heart, your leg, or your brain, it's still an illness and there should be no distinction. When you experience certain symptoms associated with depression, and in this particular case, postpartum depression, please share, connect, identify these issues, be in awareness of your emotional and mental state so that you can be, uh, you can address your well-being because we're looking forward to being whole beings, okay? And we're talking about mental, physical, spiritual, emotional beings holistically, right? We want to address the issues that we're dealing with because if we don't, these small issues become bigger issues. So we're going to just go through a couple of signs. If you experience any of these signs during pregnancy, after birth, it can really start as early as four months of pregnancy. It can start even a year after giving birth. If you experience any of these issues, please speak to a professional so that you can be properly 
uh, treated. All right. Some of these signs include helplessness, a feeling of hopelessness, I should say, a feeling of being empty, a feeling of uh, being overly anxious. Uh, our sleep is affected. There is a possibility of having an inability to sleep. And in some cases, sleeping too much. You may experience anger or rage. You may cry uh, more often than usual and not be able to explain the reasons of your crying. Uh, you may be moody or irritable, lethargic, as I mentioned. You may have this persistent doubt about your ability to care for your baby. You may have thoughts of harming yourself or harming your baby. And also you may have this feeling of being overprotective, not wanting to be left alone with your baby. So it's this overprotectiveness kind of guarding the possibility of you harming your baby because you don't feel adequate enough to take care of the child. You may experience physical aches. You may have changes in appetite. You might eat too much. You might eat too little bit. You might eat emotionally. You might eat a lot of the foods you, you shouldn't be eating, you know, that are high in fats, bad fats, or you're high in sugar. Those comfort foods that convert into sugar in our system. You may have difficulty concentrating. You may lose interest in things that you really enjoyed and found happiness in doing. You know, let's say if you painted, you might not have interest in painting. If you wrote poetry, you might not want to write poetry. You might not want to go outside. You may avoid your family or your friends. These issues, obviously, lead to isolation. You might isolate yourself or feel isolated. The feelings that you may be experiencing, you might feel like you're the only one that is experiencing them. No one else experiences these issues. So I'm alone. You might have this sense of I'm alone. Fact is you're not. These issues also may lead to drug abuse because healthcare is an issue within our community where most of us are, are not covered through health insurance or have poor health insurance, we might self-medicate when we deal with these issues of postpartum depression, when we see these signs, when we feel these signs of postpartum depression, we might then take it into our own hands and self-medicate. Some might use alcohol, some might use drugs to numb the pain, to escape the reality, the pain, the discomforts, to just remove the problem. But the fact is, any type of alcohol or drug abuse doesn't really remove the problem. It really clouds the moment. It clouds the experience. It clouds the experience temporarily. So now if anyone experiences any of these symptoms, any of these signs for more than two weeks, I just implore you to go ahead and seek out some support, seek out some resources, uh, speak to your uh, physician, speak to someone that can help you sort through these issues and help treat the issues you're dealing with. 50% of cases go undiagnosed. All right. So there's many of us that are out here walking around with a lot of these pains that basically grow into a major illness if they are undiagnosed and untreated for prolonged periods of time. Okay. When we're talking about who else is affected, all right, now I'm a woman of color, okay, although I'm light-skinned, <laughs> right? Um, I My background is Dominican and Puerto Rican. I consider myself Afro-Latina, and so I tend to find the correlations within our communities, our black and brown communities. Earlier, we spoke about men of color experiencing postpartum depression, and um, we're going to you know, talk about our women. One out of nine women experience postpartum depression. Now, when we think about these numbers, let's consider that's all women, okay? Regardless of age, ethnicity, number of children, regardless of marital status, regardless of income. 
Okay, so one can experience postpartum depression at at their first child, with their first child, or even after the third, fourth, fifth, sixth child. These issues can be impacted sometimes even with multiple children. So just be sensitive to that, all right? Just because one has had a child before, one, that doesn't make them an expert on parenting, (laughs) and two, that doesn't mean that they cannot experience uh, postpartum depression because they already had a child. You know, these issues, these signs can show up at any given time. Okay, and like I said, as early as four months in pregnancy and as late as a year after giving birth. If one in nine women across ethnicities experience postpartum depression, check these numbers out. Black women and Latina women experience postpartum depression at a rate of almost 40% higher than other women. That's huge. That's almost half. Okay, so almost half of the women that experience postpartum depression, those that have been diagnosed, right? Because the only numbers we can look at are those that have been identified. Out of all of those women, half of them are women of color. What are the issues that we deal with that prevents these signs and symptoms from becoming diagnosed? Our postpartum depression goes without being diagnosed and treated. Some of those issues include the fact that our culture (laughs) has a huge impact upon how we perceive mental health and how we identify mental health and how we treat our mental health, how we engage with our mental health, okay? So now within the black community, there's this idea of the superwoman. She can bear it all. She can carry it all. She is strong. She, you know, she's just the superwoman that can do anything and everything and not worry, not bend, not bow, not cry, not feel. (laughs) And likewise, within the Latino community, there's this idea called Marianismo. Now, I didn't know about this. Honestly, me doing my little research is like, oh, Marianismo basically is this idea that women put duty and family above her own needs. Now, I knew of this like on an intellectual level, but I really didn't know of it having been identified. And of course, everything has a name when you deal with sociology and psychology, right? Or psychoses. (laughs) Everything has a name when you deal with sociology, right? Of course, it's going to have a name, but I just now come to learn the name. This name, Marianismo, is the same as the superwoman idea that you're going to give all and you keep giving and you keep giving and you never ever concern yourself with your well-being, your balance, your self-care. And we suffer of that. And because we suffer of these cultural paradigms, our mental health issues go unnoticed and we bear the burden. Although they go untreated, undiagnosed, right? We bear the burden because again, we feel and we feel deeply and that is perfectly natural when we are in our divine feminine state. It is perfectly natural to feel and to feel deeply. But when we feel so deeply and that feeling is low, that feeling is pain, that feeling is blame, that feeling is shame, that feeling is even disgust where we could barely look at ourselves in the, in the mirror and feel good about the reflection. That's when it becomes a burden, a problem. And over time, over more than a two week period of time, experiencing these signs over a prolonged period of time, that is only 14 days. If you experience these signs for more than 14 days, it becomes a more serious illness and 
condition. Why do I say that? Because oftentimes years pass. Oftentimes more children are born. Oftentimes life stressors are impacted upon our lives, upon our minds, upon our hearts, that we're going around sick, mentally, emotionally drained without knowing it, without identifying it and without dealing with it. And that's the problem. And again, part of the issue is the fact that we don't have, part of the issue is that we don't have health insurance, proper health coverage that helps us connect with a professional provider that helps us sort through these problems. And also part of the reason is the fact that functional medicine profession is now becoming a more popular, is now becoming an industry with a force. Connecting the dots across our lifeline and addressing our issues with more than just medication is becoming a more real situation, which I'm thankful for. There are mental conditions that require medication. When we're dealing with things on a holistic level and a functional level, there are other ways to help address our mental condition and our mental health and our well-being. And as we mentioned earlier, our sleep is affected. Our nourishment is affected. Our eating habits are affected. When we're dealing with postpartum depression, in our mental health, there has to also be a holistic approach because it is not only the mental condition that we're currently dealing with. It is the physical, biological, nutritional, whole person that we're dealing with. All right, so let's just keep that in mind. All right, again, our cultural perspectives and attitudes suppress and have suppressed the realities that we deal with in terms of mental health. Let's just be, again, more sensitive to that fact. I mentioned earlier in the show that men experience postpartum depression. I found that when a woman experiences postpartum depression, her partner has two times the high risk of experiencing depression as well. Because think about it, if I have a family, obviously I have a family, and I'm dealing with something, my family's gonna feel it. Whether I'm feeling good, whether I'm angry, whether I'm sad, right? Whether I'm happy and excited, my energy is going to be felt. And likewise, your energy, wherever you move, is going to move with you because that energy like just vibrates around us. When a man recognizes and identifies with his queen, right, with his wife, Um, He's going to pick up on these energies and he then may be affected. He might take on her energy just to help protect her. And by doing so, he might wear it. He may wear it. So not only is he affected by the life stresses that come with bringing forward life, but now he wants to protect his woman. He wants to protect his queen. So he bears her pain too. So now we have both male and female experiencing the signs, the symptoms, the pain that impacts the situation and also affects our children. They may be trouble in the home. They may be static. They may be friction in the home. They may be arguments. The dynamics within the home might not be fluid. There may be some stagnation of energy within the home that prevents love to reign supreme. And that love that is healing, that love that encourages communication, that love that that promotes peace, um, that moves toward balance. And that doesn't mean to ignore what is there. It means to help address what is there, to help heal what is there, to find ways to heal the family holistically. Yeah, so that's a real situation there. 
And again, being sensitive to these issues and communicating these issues in our homes is vital. One thing that I experienced coming up, it was a lack of communication. Within our home, it was like certain things were understood. You know, you had to work hard, you go to school, you, you take care of your family. But now the, the spaces in between the working hard, the spaces in between the studying hard, the spaces in between taking care of your family are those spaces that were not spoken about. And that's where there was a lack of communication that I, being a creative, felt. And I communicated within my poetry when I was younger, actually. This need to communicate, this need to help understand the dynamics that were going on within my mind, in my heart, the experiences of separation in our family, the experience of distance within our family, you know, when my parents separated and I had family here and family there. And where was the bridge for me? The experience of grief when my paternal grandmother passed and how that dynamic affected our family. The spaces in between the changes, the space in between my dad working so hard outside the home and my mom working so hard inside and outside of the home. Where where was the space between living outside and learning English in school? The information I was getting from my peers and what the expectation of my family, where's that space? Like what happens in that space where I'm trying to translate my experience so I can have a holistic childhood? Yeah, we dealt with things coming up. So now when we become adults that have children, when those issues of our childhood aren't dealt with, we bring those into our new families. We bring these unresolved issues into our new family. And I feel that too impacts postpartum depression because we have two beings that come from totally different walks of life and come together as one and bring forward life. Okay. This creates a whole new dynamic that may include some untreated psychoses, some uncommunicated experiences, these cultural norms, these expectations, these ideas of what manhood is, what womanhood is, what fatherhood is, what motherhood is, what discipline is. So all of these dynamics play into our families when we unite two people and bring forward life. So that too is an impacts our response to this life changing experience of life, of bringing forward life. So let's bear that in mind. What can we do? One of the things that we can do prior to having a child is making sure that communication is open, that there is understanding, that you're in this space where you male and female are able to communicate and understand where they've been, that we deal with our own issues personally, and then we come together and talk about our issues, where we've been, how far we've come, what we've dealt with, what we have yet to deal with, unresolved issues of our childhood so that when it comes up in our families, we can address it with open eyes. Another issue now that we come together and we are pregnant and we bring forward life, we typically create a birth plan. Women, we know about this. We create a birth plan. This is how I want my pregnancy to go. These are the people who are involved. Um, whether I, I want an epidural, whether I don't want an epidural, you know, whether it's going to be natural, what happens if it has to be an emergency cesarean, who's going to be at my birth, where is the birth going to be, who's my physician, who's my doula, all of this. We talk about all of this within our birth plan, but we fail to address or to create or even consider a postpartum plan. What do we need after baby? Who do we need 
after baby? What is that experience going to be like after the baby? Because the woman needs her time to recover, as does the man need that time to connect, to connect with the mother and the baby after having brought forward life. Okay, so creating a postpartum plan is basically a key thinking about what you need. I mean, I'm thankful this time around when I had my child, the sisters around me were just, it was just so much love. This conversation took place. Whereas in my prior pregnancies, my two prior pregnancies with my now 16 and my now 12 year old, these conversations did not take place. This awareness, this idea of, oh yeah, women experience postpartum depression. Let be sensitive to that. Be watchful for that. That didn't take place. So yeah, I experienced postpartum depression in the past. And on such a level, I experienced it with my first child and also with my second child, but I didn't identify it until years later maybe even eight years later, what happens now, all that we've spoken about becomes further impacted with the changes that occur. Okay, if the relationship works out, doesn't work out, you know, with me, my relationship did not work out. I experienced single motherhood. That also came with it, this whole set of, of stresses, you know, and pain and, and suffering and shame and all of that and regret. Yeah. And then having to work full time and care for a child and who's going to take care of my children while I'm working, you know, you know, all of these issues, life issues further impacts the undiagnosed, the untreated conditions, pre-existing conditions that occurred after having a baby you know, and having experienced some negative emotions associated with such. And I don't mean negative emotions associated with having a baby, but the symptoms, the signs of the difficulty to transition into motherhood is what I'm talking about. The difficulty in transitioning into fatherhood is what I'm talking about. Thankfully, this time around, I was surrounded by a circle of sisters during pregnancy, during birth, and postpartum, thankfully. So shout out to a tribe called Umi, a tribe called Umi. This is a group that a few sisters and I have been working on, organizing and making public. We've been meeting on a regular basis within our intimate settings. And uh, we basically found that conversations that we're having that affect women of color, mothers of color, families of color, um, should be spoken about more overtly. And so we've organized a tribe called Umi, and we're going to be bringing forward some great content for you all. Tell you it's going to be good. <laughs> some of the information that we're sharing has been shared in my podcast in terms of elimination, communication, breastfeeding, etc. So follow us. Put a period in between every word. So we have on Instagram, a period tribe period called period Umi. That's a U M I M for mother, a tribe called Umi. Follow us on Instagram. I will make a note of our hashtag, our handle, excuse me, down below. All right. In the description. So basically this time around with my third child, I am surrounded 
by women with whom I can have these conversations with. And let me tell you, it's been a huge support. It has been so helpful. When before, my resolve, my consolation, I should say, was marijuana. Mary Jane was my sister girl, like, (laughs) straight up. Not only was marijuana something that I uh, participated in um, as a, a spiritual aspect of my Rastafari lifestyle, it also eventually became an addiction that I used to help cloud and numb any kind of pain that I was dealing with. So some of the signs and symptoms that I dealt with when I dealt with postpartum depression was lethargy. Definitely, I I mean, I went through a period of which I would just, I couldn't get up. I could not get up. And again, this is years later, like eight years after my, my second child. Uh-huh. Yeah, so all of the changes that I have been through, all of the pain, the separation, the distance, the physical abuse, the verbal abuse, emotional abuse that I have experienced over time in my relationships, the isolation that I experienced over years of not having anybody to talk to, um, to share experiences with. And then sacrificing myself and my life and, you know, working hard and providing for my family, my children as a single mother. Eventually in the workplace, the people I was working with became an issue. I had to create a case, an affirmative action case at the university I worked at um, because of the kind of treatment I was experiencing in that time. And honestly, it became so dread. It became so terrible. I wound up leaving the university because that postpartum depression that I never dealt with eventually became a clinical issue that just catapulted, that totally broke me down and had me almost bedridden. It was a period of time, actually, that my children, they were away for the summertime. I experienced it in the summertime. My children were away with their father uh, uh, during the summertime, as they usually had done in all the previous years. I didn't want to get out of bed. Like I, it was really, really bad. It was a very low feeling. I couldn't express it. I couldn't explain it. I did experience, you know, that uncontrollable, undescribable crying. It was a pain. It was a really low, low, low feeling. And I don't, I didn't know how I got there. I didn't know why, but in retrospect, I realized it was all those years of carrying this pain within me and never dealing with it, never addressing it, hiding it and burying it under the rug, brushing it under the rug and moving on and dealing with like whatever I had to deal with, regardless of what, because as a strong woman, as a strong mother is what I had to do. I didn't want to come like, 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 and that's what we deal with too. When it comes to our cultural dynamic and this idea of the superwoman or this idea of Marianismo, we do not want to appear weak. We do not want to appear as if we cannot handle the responsibility of being a woman, the responsibility of being a mother, the all caring, all nurturing, all available, all giving mother, woman. And uh, yeah, I hit rock bottom. And from then, it's been a journey. I'm not going to lie. It's been a journey. I choose not to use medication. I basically have grown to uh, utilize meditation, 
yoga, and basically communication, poetry, nature, being in nature. That's why being in nature is so important to me. For me to be outside communing with the earth is so important to me. If I don't do that for a period of time, I feel that darkness coming in. So it's a constant. I remember in episode 12, Sister Amina Abir said that she never really has gotten over her depression or postpartum depression. It's really knowing how to identifying it, checking in with herself and addressing it. Self-care is an ongoing situation. Self-care is an ongoing responsibility. Once again, you know, work with your provider, your therapist, work with whomever are those people that you put in place to help you sort through whatever conditions, illnesses uh, that you might be dealing with, but know that it is a constant work. It is an absolute constant work because life is going to keep throwing you darts. You got this big bullseye on your forehead (laughs) that you have to know how to identify, how to be in tune with your emotions to identify and to deal with the conditions that you might be confronted with. Just to be aware. So now coming back to this postpartum plan, you want to consider what household chores can people help you with? What is the list of people that that you can reach out to that can come through and bring your groceries, do your groceries for you, that can prepare food for you, help you take care of the baby so you could jump in the shower. Yeah, those first few weeks after I had my baby, I had sisters that were able to pick up my 12-year-old from school, after school, um, and bring him home so I didn't have to go outside with the baby. My son was born at the end of September. My third was born at the end of September. You know, so there's that period of time where I feel is very important to just be, be home. Do not expose a newborn baby to too many elements and too many people and germs and what have you. Thankfully, I had my good sister, um, Terika, from Beautiful by Nature, um, pick up my son and bring him home after school, thankfully. And actually, let me give a shout out to my sister because a conversation that we had the other day kind of sparked this episode this week actually. And I meant to say this in the beginning of the podcast of this episode, excuse me. Um, But yeah, we had a conversation the other day and our conversation provoked me to go to my shelf of drafts and to pull out this draft on postpartum care because we spoke on that experience of isolation when you don't have a community of other mothers, of sisters, of people that you can talk to, that you can relate to, that you can share your experiences with, that can help you sort through your different challenges, that can help you understand that you are not alone and and it is not your fault. So yeah, give thanks, sis, for that brief conversation we had the other day because you just made me realize this conversation here had to be made known, had to be made public. Shout out to Beautiful by Nature. You can find her on Instagram and Etsy. She makes natural body butters, oils, you know, just beauty products that have natural ingredients, are made with love, are crafted by in small batches. And I'm really excited for the things that she's doing because um, her products are quality products. Okay, so check her out. Beautiful by Nature on Instagram and on Etsy. Other things that you can consider when you're creating your postpartum plan, when are you ready to go outside? When are you ready? to go take a walk, you know, to breathe in fresh air. What activities are you going to engage in? What activities are you going to engage in with the baby? And also one thing to also consider is 
is whether you're going to breastfeed. Why I mention breastfeeding? Breastfeeding, I find, helps a woman deal with any postpartum or hormonal issues she might experience after birth. The connection that a child and a mother has in the breastfeeding exchange, right, is tender. It's so soft and it's so beautiful. There is so much going on within that exchange. There's eye contact. There is skin to skin. There is this feeling the woman goes through, that let down feeling that breast milk is flowing from her body, nourishing her baby. And then clearly the baby is growing and just getting that nourishment, getting that golden milk, right? (laughs) That liquid gold, I should say. So if you're able to breastfeed, I highly encourage you to breastfeed. Don't worry about the aesthetic. My breasts are going to sag or breasts are for my husband or whatever. (laughs) When you get in tune with yourself as a natural woman and when you're in tune with yourself as a mom, as a mother, as a queen mother of civilization, as a divine mother, you realize that this liquid gold, your body has been designed to provide this liquid gold for your little king and queen. Your breasts have a purpose and the purpose is to nourish your fruits, okay? Your fruits of life, okay? Your babies. Every mammal in the earth nurses their baby. Cows do it, (laughs) okay? Elephants do it. Giraffes do it. (laughs) Whales, right? (laughs) I mean, every mammal on the face of the earth breastfeeds their child, their seed, their newborn. Let us not be the only species in the earth that goes against natural law. (laughs) So if you choose to not breastfeed for aesthetic reasons, okay, for vain reasons, just try to have an understanding that, you know, your breasts were made, designed, beautifully, you know, your the the mammary glands, you know, all your whole construction, your whole biology was beautifully designed so that that this liquid gold may flow from your body to nourish your baby is a blessing. All right, so if you can breastfeed, do breastfeed because it too can help with any postpartum depression that you might be feeling, okay? Um yeah, and it's it's the softness You know, like sisters and I, we talk about this, you know, the babies, you know, as they're nursing, they'll rub your arm, they'll play with the other breast, squeeze the other nipple, they just rub your skin a certain way. It's funny, but it's also, it's like, it's hard to explain. It is so tender. It is just so tender and it's so comforting. I don't mean it to sound sexual or sensual in another way in terms of a baby caressing the breast. I mean, come on, people. You know what I mean? We're not going there, all right? We're talking about this connection between mother and child and how beautiful it is, how tender it is, how sweet it is, all right? So once again, if you can breastfeed, do breastfeed because your body was designed to breastfeed. (laughs) I've breastfed all three of my children. First child, I breastfed for eight months uh, exclusively. And as a first time mom and the different challenges I was going through in that time, I had some insecurities. So then at eight months, I started bringing in soy formula. With my second child, I breastfed for two and a half years until he naturally weaned himself. Now we're 14 months in breastfeeding and ah, my baby don't seem like he want to let it up 
at all, <laughs> day or night. I thought with incorporating more solid foods, he would ease up a little bit on the breastfeeding, but no, no thank you. He's not beat. <laughs> he looks like he's going to continue breastfeeding maybe two, two, two and a half years like my second child. Hey, I know that this is a period of time. I know that my child is not going to be 10 years old breastfeeding. So for the period of time that he chooses to nurse, to take in this liquid gold, to take in the antioxidant, this rich liquid gold to enhance his immunity against illness and disease, I'm going to make it available to him. That's my choice. I encourage you to do the same because it helps counter those negative emotions associated with postpartum depression. It's one of those holistic healing modalities. <laughs> I just wanted to share that with y'all. Yeah, I really hope you're getting something out of this conversation. I really do hope that our conversation has hit home, has hit your heart like music very deeply but yet tenderly and in a way that we can connect and know once again that you are not alone that it is not your fault that there is light at the end of the tunnel that there are other people that deal with similar issues similar experiences although our personal experiences may be unique there is something about nothing new being under the sun right nothing new is under the sun so speak out reach out so that you can get the support, the love, the comfort that you need. I thank you. I really do thank you for all that you are. I thank you for being a part of this conversation, for tuning in. We're going to wrap this up now because I feel like we, we've we done justice to this conversation today. If you have any questions over at anchor.fm slash fruits of life, you not only will see all of the podcasts I have published thus far, but you will also see the all the different platforms that you can hear the podcast on. And you can also find a link there where you can leave me a message and leave me a message if you want me to share your message on the podcast on related topics i mean hey i'll do it this is a communal effort i mean it's i would love to hear from you on that page anchor.fm slash fruits of life you can also make a monthly contribution which basically just shows your support for what i'm doing here and my time and my energy um, it would be highly appreciated if you do choose to do that subscribing is free if you haven't joined the family already once again i'm reminding you to hit that subscribe button if you are listening to this podcast on apple podcast once again i ask drop me a rating and a review so that this podcast can gain popularity can reach more ears can support more people and can just help be a voice within and for our communities do share with your friends and your family hashtag fruits of life link me at fruits of life yoga on instagram i haven't made an instagram or a social media page twitter or anything like that for my podcast yet right now you can just find me at fruits of life yoga basically we're we're bringing forward tools techniques methods, modalities, stories that can help enhance your life, that help bring forward the fruits of life, all those aspects that can help us become better people individually, that can help enhance our families, and can also help heal our community. That's what we're doing here until we speak once again. Take a beautiful, beautiful, deep breath and notice your breath. Be with your breath. Allow that breath to flow freely from your body to release 
any stagnation within your being and continue to breathe once again and be within that space, be within your breath. Just take a moment for yourself to be still, to recognize that breath flowing through you, to recognize and identify the emotions, the thoughts flowing through you. Silence everything around you so you could get in tune with that divine within you. Because that's the goal. Know thyself. Be in that balance of knowledge. Be in that balance of your divinity. Much love. Many blessings. Hotep. Supreme peace.